1: Welcome, welcome. It is January 22nd, 2020. It is your Wednesday box score breakdown. I'm Alan Sroke, and I am joined by my fellow host, the captain, Kurt Beach. Kurt, how's it going?
2: Alan, I'm living the dream, brother, just as always. Ready to jump into this massive slate that we have going on today. Some injury news, uh, a key return, I think a lot of people know about. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I cannot complain. It's a big Wednesday, like you mentioned. There's a ton of teams to go through, which I guess is definitely the norm for us here. This week's been sort of weird with the with the Dr. King holiday, where you had essentially the entire league play on one day, and then you had one game yesterday, and now virtually the entire league is back to playing today. So it's going to be... This whole week is sort of wacky that way. And of course, you and I, as usual, fall on the heavy slate. Yes, sir. Um, but yeah, all things are good over here. I hope all things are well with you.
2: Yeah, yeah, I can't complain.
1: Yeah, um, you know what? You know what else I can't complain? When I am sipping a warm to mildly hot cop, uh, cup of Hawaiian Isles Kona coffee. This podcast, like all our shows on Hoopball.com, is brought to you by our title sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Check out their website at Hawaiianisles.com. You can find them on Amazon by searching for Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee, and of course, you can always find them on Twitter at HI Kona Coffee Hawaiian Isles. Get yourself a cup today. Getting cold out there? A warm <laughs> cup will definitely do you good.
2: <clears throat> and pretty much, you can't really go wrong with any of their flavors. I've I've had about eight of them or so, and oh wow, every one of them is delicious. I'm a sore over here. Yeah, just kind of lucky that the. The grocery store by me sells them, which is kind of kind of strange. So I've been drinking them before we even uh, partnered with them. But, yeah, really good stuff.
1: Well, there you go right there. That is a testimonial from the one and only Kurt Beach. So you guys, you got <laughs> you trust his uh, his coffee judgment like you do his fantasy basketball analysis. This is a no-brainer. Get yourself some Hawaiian Isles.
2: Might even be better at the coffee analysis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, It's all really high up there. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, why don't we just waste no more time here. Let's get to our first game of the night. It's the Sacramento Kings being defeated by the Detroit Pistons. 127 Pistons to 106 Kings. We'll start with Sacramento here. De'Aaron Fox led the scoring charge for the Kings side of things. 22 points on 8 of 17 shooting to go with three rebounds, three assists, three steals, and a turnover. He's been playing a lot better since returning from injury. I know that he started... Uh, His season sort of uh, pretty far outside of where a lot of owners drafted him. And though he's going to finish the year pretty much below his ADP, he's been playing around a top 50 clip over his last two to three weeks, I believe. So keep plugging him away. Buddy Heald, on the other hand, has been struggling all year, and tonight was no different. He shot six of 16 from the field, took two more shots than he scored points. He only had 14. Grabbed four rebounds to go with five assists. In two steals, we go two three-pointers. Dwayne Dedman returned to the starting lineup tonight. I guess that uh, Luke Walton's plan was to match him up with Andre Drummond, who didn't even play in this one. So unsure why Dedman, if not for that reason, unsure why Dedman made the move to the starting lineup. But he played well. 13 points, 10 rebounds, two assists with no defensive stats and a 3 We've heard rumors this week that Rashawn Holmes is nearing a return. So, any burn that Deadman's getting now is surely going to completely evaporate once that return happens. You just have him on your watch list in hopes that he gets traded to a situation where he can play these level of minutes because he's a very fantasy friendly player. Emancia Bialica. Had 14 points on 6-12 shooting to go with 9 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal, and a 3. He continues to keep himself afloat. Marvin Bagley didn't play because of an issue with his foot. I don't know if it was the same issue that he had been dealing with previously because I did not really read into the news. I just saw the blurb that he wouldn't play. So he has a hold until this whole team gets healthy, which to this point has not happened. Um, let's see, what else do we have on the roster? Harrison Barnes, of course, in the starting lineup, did very little, eight points, eight rebounds and 35 minutes to go with a three pointer and one blocked shot. He's pretty much off the fantasy radar and it's been the case for the last season or so. Um, Kent Bazemore tonight made, uh, his Kings debut. He played 16 minutes and only scored seven points with three rebounds and a steal off the bench figures you know this was in this game was sort of a blowout towards the end so maybe that impacted his full minutes load but he figures to probably get himself up to 24 minutes or so which is what Ariza was playing before the trade went down but we already saw with Bazemore that he wasn't really fantasy worthy in that amount of playing time when he was with Portland which by all accounts was a situation that would be great for him to get some fantasy value so now there's just he's pretty much done in every sense in terms of the fantasy landscape. I'm not even looking at him in my deepest of leagues. And then the only other name worth touching on is Bohan Bogdanovich, sorry, Bogdan Bogdanovich who in 26 minutes shot eight to 17 from the floor, 19 points, two rebounds, three assists and three, three pointers. His real fantasy interest only comes from the form of some trade because he does not have much value coming off the bench in this capacity. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it for the Kings. Kurt, what did how did I do? Did I miss anything?
2: No, sir. Only thing is a uh, don't pick up Deadman because I, I think, like you said, that his extended run was only because of Bagley being out. And from what I'm seeing, I, I think they're saying that it is the same foot. I don't know if it's the exact same injury, but the same foot. I guess it's cost him time. So unfortunate there. Um, but do keep an eye on Deadman as we approach the, de- the trade deadline because we know he's the guy that can kind of. Get you a pretty solid stat set. Over on the Pistons' side, we had Andre Drummond not playing because of a cut lip and a knocked-out tooth. I forgot who uh, who fed him an elbow the other night and knocked his tooth out there. But uh, with him out, we saw more run for guys like Thon Maker, who had 10-10 with a steal and two blocks. Don't get overexcited there. Marquise Morris had 13-11 with an assist and three threes. Also, don't get excited about that. Uh, Tony Snell saw 33 minutes and didn't do anything. Nothing changes there. Seku Dumboya, if I'm saying his name correctly, got moved to the bench. I'm reading because he was late to practice, so I don't know if this is a move that will stick. Uh, Svima Luke started and had 13 points, three boards, an assist, a steal, two threes. I really like him as a pickup. I... I'm probably in the minority, but I actually like him more than Dumboya. In the last 30 days, he's number 110 in 9-cat, good percentages, 3.33s, 14 points, 0.9 steals. So I think he's a pretty solid guy, especially if you need threes. I know threes are a, usually pretty easy to find off the waiver wire, but 3.3 is nothing to shrug at. Uh, curious to see how he does if and when Luke Kennard returns, but in the meantime, I'm I'm definitely fine with riding him. Derrick Rose, 22 points, six boards, 11 dimes. He is definitely a sell high in the last 30 days. Number 63 on the season, great per- or sorry, number 63 in that span. Fifty-one percent from the field, almost eighty-seven from the line for twenty-three and six with a triple and a steal. That you could argue that's maybe one of his his better spans of his career, minus his uh, MVP season. So he's looking real hot, and I I don't know if he's going to get traded or not. Some talk, a lot of talk, is saying that he is, but I think he's at the peak of his value now. So if you can trade him for a profit, I would do that. Christian Wood came off the bench. We know he what he can do in limited minutes. He got 25 tonight, which was nice. 23 points, 3 boards, 1 assist, 1 steal. Perfect 7 of 7 from the field, 9 of 11 from the free throw line. He's been pretty up and down. Obviously, with Drummond and Griffin both out, we know it usually takes two bigs being out of the way for him to put up a a serviceable line. So that was the case tonight. I think Drummond, just with the missing tooth and lip lacerations, probably questionable. I don't think he's going to miss extended time for that, but obviously he's a trade candidate, so Wood is one of your better stashes. We saw Reggie Jackson. I believe this was his first game back, I believe first game of the year. He only played 19 minutes, but very solid line in only 19 minutes. 22 points, three boards, four assists, two steals, three threes. Uh, He's kind of a low-end point guard. You know, maybe maybe they'll need him. They seem to play better with him, at least in the past. I don't think he's a must-add guy, but if you're desperate for a point guard, that makes sense. For me, he's kind of like a uh, Goran Dragic type, you know, decent scoring and rebounds, not much in the defensive categories. Langston Galloway had 14 points, two threes, and four steals. Pretty nice if you streamed him tonight. Uh, somebody named Jordan Bone got two minutes. I don't even know who he is. Uh, same with Lewis King. So, sorry, I don't have any updates on those guys. Uh, probably maybe your 30 team teamers could look at him. Alan, what's your take on these guys? Did I miss anything?
1: You bet. You got everything. Uh, the only, the only thing I have to touch on is that I am so not excited about the return of Reggie Jackson's of this team. Yeah. Um, he's just... <sighs> I remember when I was watching the first game of the year, like one of the first games when I was doing some podcast prep, I was watching the Pistons and Hawks and the notes that I wrote down about Reggie Jackson was looks for his own shot. Doesn't seem to care about anything else. (laughs) And if you look at tonight's box score, I didn't watch the game, but I don't think I need to to, to tell you that that's exactly what happened in this one. 14 shots in 19 minutes is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He's just going to steal shots from all these guys that we've been really excited about, or not excited about, but just interested in with Detroit with all their injuries, like Zvi uh, Mikhailuk, McKay, uh, who only took four despite starting. Um, you know, Dumboya, who I assume will go return to the starting lineup in his next game after he's served his punishment. Probably gets more than this, but four shots is definitely not encouraging. And Bruce Brown, who didn't play tonight because of illness, is another guy that I'm interested in, Detroit, who's almost surely going to be wiped off the map and completely with Reggie Jackson in the fold. He's just hes just a black hole, man. He, just, he takes far more shots than he should. And it's just, I don't really think it's going to yield very positive results for a lot of these different Pistons players.
2: Yeah, it kind of hurts the guys we're interested in.
1: Mm, yeah, I mean... We'll see. Maybe he just missed, missed the feeling of the leather rolling off his fingertips and just needed to just jack up as many shots as he could. Uh, and to his credit, I mean, you know, you know he, was, he led the team in plus minus for whatever that's worth, so he was having a hot night. But when he doesn't have a hot night, I don't think I want him taking 14 shots. We kind of know the deal with Jackson. Uh, yeah, so I can continue to be not excited with the Detroit Pistons.
2: Yep, I'm with you.
1: All right, well let's move on to the next game. The Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Orlando Magic 120 to 114. Nerlens Noel got the start for Stephen Adams who who's was out with an ankle injury and he went through warm-ups, but they ultimately decided that he wasn't going to play. So it sounds like he's close. This will be a short-lived stint in the starting lineup for Nerlens Noel, but he still showed you why you just he just showed you what is so appealing about him. With this 30-minute stint here, 7 of 10 from the floor, 14 points with 7 rebounds and 3 defensive stats to steal and 2 blocks. The 3 turnovers were pretty out of character for him. He usually doesn't put the ball on the floor at all, so I'm not quite sure how you find yourself 3 turnovers in that kind of situation, but he had them. Definitely not part of his game. Uh, In terms of ownership, I think he should be owned in pretty much all standard leagues. You can make the argument that in head-to-head is a little frustrating because... he's he's prone to complete duds but the, the man's been a top 70 player on the year it's just hard to leave that guy on the wire no matter how many duds he might have there's a reason he's that high the defensive stats and the efficiency both from the field and the line are really really good so you hold on there and you add them if he's on the wire chris paul in 29 minutes he scored 19 points to go with six assists three rebounds three steals 5 of 12 shooting on 9 of 11 from the line. He just looks fantastic by all accounts this year. A huge steal in all drafts. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, another guy making a case for being a steal in all drafts. 38 minutes. he go with 18 points, 12 rebounds, and assists, and three steals and three blocks. He has been going crazy over his last month of games. He's been number 11 in his Latin over that 16-game span. And he's really doing that without hurting you in any category not even turnovers he's turning the ball over like one and a half times a game which is really good for a guy as high usage as him if you were to knock him for anything it's the lack of three pointers but who cares you can get those anywhere jay gilz's alexander is just he's he's in rare form right now and he just needs to be owned (laughs) not owned he just needs to be run out there as much as possible he's a lot of fun to watch dennis schroeder in this one 31 points off the bench on 13 of 18 shooting he's been having a pretty decent run of things recently himself uh three three pointers as well with nine assists and three rebounds and Dan- uh, i guess we would say uh gallinari danilo gallinari in 32 minutes he had 12 points with six rebounds and assists and a steal on two three pointers another guy who's just sort of plodding away you kind of know what Gallo's game is at this point so there's not much interesting there so yeah thunder that's pretty much it for the thunder side of things anything else kurt
2: Now you nailed it. I like that take on Noel. Obviously, he's been hot, and because he doesn't jump off the page, he's floating out there in some leagues, so definitely got to grab him, especially if Adams misses time or gets traded. Mm -hmm. On the Magic side, we had Nikola Vucevic continue his solid season, 24-11, five dimes, three steals, a block, three threes, shot seven threes, so that's kind of nice there. It didn't impact his field goal's percentage at 10 out of 20. Aaron Gordon, 14 points, eight rebounds, three assists, one steal, two threes. He's got a lot of name power, but he's barely, actually he's number 159 according to Yahoo. Nine cat ranks over the last month. So barely, barely ownable I would say just because those percentages and the the turnovers usually hurt you. Um, Missed two free throws tonight, didn't have any turnovers, but you know what you're getting there one do started, and he's not a standard league guy. He, he, I wouldn't even say he's a 14-16 teamer. Markel Fultz had 11, 5, and 6, 1-3 pointer. He's been okay for one of your uh, back-end point guards. Evan Fournier's having a nice year, kind of quiet tonight. 12 points, 6 assists, 1-3, and an uh, ugly 7 turnovers. We don't have DJ Augustine playing with these guys for couple more weeks i believe he's supposed to be reevaluated in mid-february or so so with that we're getting more run from terrence ross who's been really hot lately he had 29 minutes also 16 shots so good usage there for 26 points three rebounds two assists two steals five three-pointers um number 90 in the last 30 days on 2.9 triples 16 points again there's a lot of these three-point streamers out there He's also a strong one, and he's got the pedigree, so we know that he can continue this. Ken Birch, I was somewhat interested in at least watching while he's in the starting lineup, but I've, I've kind of closed both my eyes on watching him. Man, that's really all I got here, Alan. What's, not a lot's changing with the Magic here. Um, obviously, we missed Jonas, Jonathan Isaac, but do uh, mm-hmm. you have any thoughts on these guys? No, not much more to
1: add than what you put out there. Jonathan Isaac, we do miss you a whole bunch. Please heal up soon and well. Lessa Wundu is the only guy I kind of had a side-eyed on in terms of, like, guys who were on your wire. That was only because there was no other point guards behind Markell Fultz. He was kind of doing some interesting stuff as a pseudo-ball handler in that capacity. But, yeah, I, I don't have anything to add on the magic.
2: All right, good, sir. Should we right. jump over to the Sixers and the Raptors?
1: We certainly should. And there is some news from this one. We had Josh Richardson leave this game early, uh, four minutes played. He suffered a left hamstring injury and was ruled out promptly. So we'll await updates on that. I obviously am very upset about that because I didn't even tell you guys what the score of the game was. Uh it was 107 Raptors to 95 76ers. Raptors getting the win at home. Without Richardson in the lineup, uh on Korkmaz ended up playing a lot. He started the second half for him and went six of 13 from the floor with four three-pointers, 17 points, two rebounds, an assist, and two block shots. Um, he's not a guy that I really want to add. He He's probably worth – if you're a three-point needy team, he's worth a look as long as Joel Embiid is out because the Sixers are going to have no choice but to run him out there without Richardson. And, you know, Korkmaz is obviously going to get more opportunities – uh, on the perimeter even with Embiid back, but he's got a very empty fantasy game outside the three-point shooting, so I feel like you could probably do better. Matisse Stiebel is a guy that I'm more interested in as a, if Richardson's sideline for an extended period of time. He's the guy who makes the most logical sense to plug into a lot of what Richardson does. This game, he scored 13 points, which is a little uh, outside the norm for him, you know, on 12 shots, which is also outside the norm. Five of 12 from the field, three, three-pointers. They go with two rebounds. And two steals. If he's taking shots like that, he becomes a completely different fantasy player, especially if he's hitting threes like that, because you already know that he's a guaranteed he's looking like he's guaranteed at least two defensive stats a game if he's getting about 25 minutes. And, you know, he's really separated himself from a lot of the wings outside Richardson and Tobias Harris. So he's a guy that I'm definitely adding if he's on my wire. Just because there's, until we hear some concrete Richardson news, he's he just seems like a very logical fit. Al Horford continues to struggle with his shot. He In 36 minutes, he only scored seven points on three of 11 shooting. Ouch. But he added a three-pointer, ten rebounds, seven assists, and two steals. He's a guy that really could be a lot better than he is right now. He's been on a rough stretch of games, I think, over his last month. He's been kind of close to top 90 value almost outside the top 100 on the year though he's around 40 to 50 range so he's a guy who i think that his shot selection has been hurting without mb that's something that could help once mb returns uh keeping a close eye on that he's a by low candidate as far as i'm concerned tobias harris uh, in 41 minutes, led the team in scoring with 22 to add six rebounds, four assists, a seal, and two blocks with four three-pointers. A very full nine-cat line from Harris tonight. Very good stuff out of him. And then Ben Simmons in 38 minutes, only took seven shots, but got 17 points, 10 rebounds, eight assists, two steals, and had eight turnovers. That's sort of... And you guys know the deal with Ben Simmons. And that's the Sixers, my man. Um, what, with the With the news of this Richardson injury, do you feel that there's someone else outside Tybill or Korkmaz that's worth looking at, or is it just those two?
2: Just those two, my man. Uh, couldn't be more with you on Tybul. He was already doing enough if you needed those defensive stats as a, as a streamer. Um, he made a big difference for me in a couple of leagues just just with those defensive stats. I didn't need anything else, but when he can go out there and give you such a big increase, more of a head, in head-to-head leagues, but give you such a boon to those those two categories and winning those for the week that's great and you know if he's scoring that's just gravy taking nine threes as you said is is a great sign that he's comfortable taking those 12 shots in total yeah I think I think if he's floating around you you got to pick him up until we know what Richardson's timetable is um, as for Corkmaz, with you yeah, on him too three-point streamer I kind of like Ross and Makai Luke more. If I was to rate them, I'd probably go uh, Ross, Makai Luke, Korkmaz. But, you know, those two other guys are scooped up, and you need threes. Definitely makes sense. Agreed. On the Raptors' side, so we finally have these guys' uh, full starting lineup back now. So we're, we're getting to see this once again. Pascal Siakam. His elite efficiency that he had last year has kind of tailed off, which is to be expected with no Kawhi Leonard anymore. 18 and 15 tonight, three assists, a three, eight of 23 from the field. That kind of hurts. The fact that he took eight three pointers and only made one was a contributing factor there. Kyle Lowry is not going to have to be uh, Superman here like he had been, which honestly for owners is probably a good thing. 35 minutes tonight he was averaging 41 for for a good while there so if you're a lowry owner sure the lines are going to be a little quieter probably better than tonight's but for his overall health that's a good thing for you 16 points three boards four assists didn't make any threes missed three free throws uh he'll be better most nights it looks like fred van vliet might be the guy to uh they're, they're big horse they're going to ride here in terms of minutes. 42 minutes tonight, 22-8. and eight. Also chipped in five boards, a steal, six three-pointers. You know, he's going to be solid. Uh, O.J. Ananobi, in terms of fantasy movement, unfortunately, 21 minutes in back-to-back games. Now with the full starting lineup, his usage has evaporated. Three shots tonight, no points. I really liked his stat set to beginning of the year. Actually, probably just um, throwing myself under the bus by saying this, but Josh Millman and I were talking earlier in the year when Ananobi had a killer stat set going on in threes, steals, and blocks. And at that time, it was so juicy that I was like, you know what, I think I like Ananobi's game more than Covington's, Um, which looks kind of silly now. Anyway, I think he is a cut candidate for sure. I understand because he's shown what he can do in those categories if you want to hold on, but if he's the worst player on your team and there's a hot free agent out there, I understand. Mark Gasol, he kind of sputtered his wheels a little bit to start the year. He was getting dropped in some leagues. Only a four-game sample size, but his last four games, this isn't including tonight, uh, he's number 54 in 9-cap by Yahoo, 17.5 points, six boards, Five assists, 1.5 steals, 3.5. Am I reading this right? 3.5 three pointers, and um, only hitting 50% 57% of his free throws. So he's at number 54 in this span. Again, small sample size, only four games, but he's usually a better free throw percentage guy than that. Uh, if memory serves, I think he's high 70s, low 80s. So he actually can climb from that. Uh, he's an older guy. You know, a lot of miles on the tires there, so wouldn't blame you if you tried to sell high on him. Serge Ibaka, uh, he's somebody that I was slightly worried about with the full starting lineup out there running. He had a quiet game in the last one, but tonight, 16 and seven, two assists, two steals, two threes. Usage a little low, only nine shots. He'll be okay, but again, I'm a, I'm a little worried that this is probably high watermark for him while the team's fully healthy. Um, Patrick McCaw, I think he broke his nose like 17 seconds into the game. Uh, Not that you were probably running him out there unless you're in a deeper league. I imagine broken nose isn't going to be too much time missed. Usually they'll give them their face mask and they're kind of good to go. Chris Boucher, DMPCD. Norman Powell. Wow, this guy. He was floating in on the wire in a good amount of leagues. I didn't pick him up before he came back anyway. I didn't pick him up preemptively because I didn't think he had the pedigree to continue what he'd been doing before he went down. Tonight, 18 points, 8 rebounds, 1 block, 1-3, and 28 minutes off the bench. And that's actually a quiet line compared to what he's been doing in his, let's see, this is his 6th, 7th game back. Um... In the last 30 days, so include all those games, he is the number three. Number three player in nine cap by Yahoo ranks. 27 points in that span, over four boards, two assists, 1.6 steals, 3.8 threes, 58% from the field, 91 from the line on a nice 4.6 per game. Um, I don't think he'll ever be ranked this high, Again, in his career, if I were a betting man. So I believe he's a massive sell high. I don't know if he continues this run with the whole team healthy. Actually, as we're seeing tonight, a little bit of a downward trend. We were curious whether Fred Van Vliet would take a little off the top for him. But right now, he's got a lot of name power. He had that really hot game the other night. Try to sell him. Try to sell him. I think Marcus Saul. I think these guys are sell highs. Not that I blame you for holding on, but I think they're sell highs. Alan, what do you think? Well,
1: um, I think it's a great point that you make about Powell. And I have to, uh, it's a little bit of a mea culpa for me here because I was telling pretty much everyone that I thought Norman Powell was for sure heading towards a fringe rotational role. a fr- Not a fringe rotational role, but definitely a fringe fantasy role. And with all these guys healthy, the guy who's suffering, like you indicated at the top of this, is O.G. Ananobi, whose minutes continue to trend down. His shots continue to trim down. And Norman Powell is not just maintaining his role, but he's proving that he deserves to keep it with all this. just I mean, he just looks like a different player than he was to start the year. And I think the Raptors are going to keep rolling with him in this, in this high role six-man capacity. I mean, he's, it's It's very telling that OG and Anobi, even with Patrick McCaw going out, wasn't able to get more than 21 minutes a game. Powell seems to be establish, establishing himself as the fifth guy on this team, and I do think he'll have fantasy value. He won't have the value that he's giving you right now, for sure. I, like, you know, like You're right that he is a sell high. But, I mean, if this is the way it's going to go rotation-wise, if Anobi is really just going to be a starter in name only, then, man, uh, Powell's a guy that it's going to probably help a lot of teams in the scoring department at the end of your league and at the end of your bench and Standard League. So that's a good one there. Um, the Serge Ibaka-Marcus Gasol thing still gives me a lot of anxiety for if I own either of them. Um, they're both playing well right now, Gasol more than Ibaka. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I agree with you as well that Gasol probably makes a lot of sense as a sell high because, I mean, the efficiency is sort of crazy right now. The three-point output is pretty crazy. Uh, Once that stuff sort of settles back in uh, probably towards like that mid-40% range that he, I think we're expecting him to shoot at, he probably does not become much more than maybe a top 90, top 80 guy in, in Standard League. So yeah, interesting things going on with this fully healthy Raptors team. Yes, sir. Um, we'll move on to our, la- our, our last game. We're not even close. <laughs> this is our <laughs> next game on the docket. It is the Los Angeles Clippers and the Atlanta Hawks. I was at this game tonight, so um, that was cool. was hoping to see a lot, a little more star power than I did. I'm sure a lot of people in that stadium were, considering the, the size of the crowd. The Atlanta Stadium is not known for... High volume crowd size, but we had one tonight, and the Hawks made it worth it—a 102 to 95 victory over the Clippers. Clipper side of things: no Paul George, no Kawhi Leonard, and no Patrick Beverly, who's de- out dealing with a groin issue that he suffered in last night's game. So we saw a lot of Lou Williams in this one, who took 19 shots in 35 minutes and route to 18 points, six rebounds, and seven assists. We saw a lot of Montrez Harrell, who ate us, ate the Hawks alive in the paint—30 points on. 12 of 23 shooting, 6 of 13 from the line, 7 rebounds, a steal in 3 blocks. Uh, another big who completely just ate the Hawks alive in very short order. 15 minutes for Ibiza Zubac, but that was enough to give him 11 points, 6 rebounds, and 2 assists. This Hawks team has absolutely no identity in the interior, and teams continue to take advantage of that. Elsewhere, Landry Shamit, who saw a lot of extended run, thanks to all the guard, thanks to Beverly being out as well. He saw 36 minutes, shot four of ten from the field with two three-pointers, 13 points, two rebounds, two steals and a block. And that's really it from the fantasy perspective. Even when all these guys are missing for the Clippers, you still kind of know that there's only three to maybe four guys who are somewhat interesting from a fantasy perspective. Really not a lot to say uh, about anyone else on the roster. Uh, Rodney Magruder saw 24 minutes off the bench. I suppose he's worth a mention. He's kind of that guard forward who, you know, he has a little bit of upside in defensive stats, but really not really. He's just kind of a 16-teamer at best when one of those two are sitting. So, yeah, that's kind of it for the Clippers, man. Uh, Anything else to add?
2: Only that I, I keep an eye on Zubots, uh, but the minutes are too low for me. Um, if you're in a super mm-hmm. competitive league, uh, I could understand it. A super competitive and deep league. I, I get it, I guess, but the, the minutes are too low for me. Fifteen when those three high usage guys are out is is not enough for me, but I, I keep an eye on him.
1: Yeah. And you know, he probably would have played a lot more if if Harrell wasn't you know, Harold was just going so well early. I think in the first half he missed maybe two shots and he had 19 points by halftime. So I think that he just, I think Harold's hot start just really put Zubac in a position where they just didn't need him a lot tonight. So maybe that was part of the reason why he just got capped so low. Well. Yeah.
2: makes sense. Um, on the Hawks side, these are probably uh, guys you'd more want to talk about. Um, Trey Young, he was out today with a right thigh contusion, I believe. I think he was a game-time call, and they uh, they scratched him. So with that, Jeff Teague jumped into starting lineup. You would have thought he would do a little more. Um, I guess his line would have been okay if he made a couple more shots. Three points, eight assists, three boards, and a three. I think he's a drop pretty much everywhere. Yeah, I mean, if that's what he does when Teague's not—or when— uh, uh, I'm losing it right now. <laughs> when, Trey's, <laughs> good, man. When, when Trey's not playing, I think uh, he's a drop in standard leagues. Uh, Kevin Herder, there was concern with him when Teague came over, but I think he'll just be he'll be just fine. He's been, I believe, a top 80 guy, nine cat over the last month or so. Tonight, 12 and seven, three assists, a steal, two threes. He's got a pretty, pretty dynamic stat set for a. Uh, a guy that was floating on the wire in a lot of leagues earlier this year. John Collins feasted for 33 and 16. Two assists, three steals, one block, three threes. Perfect six of six from the stripe. Good to see him kind of take control when Trey's not playing. DeAndre Hunter took 16 shots, missed 13 of them. You know the story there. I'm somewhat, I'm not picking him up, but I'm somewhat interested in Cam Reddish He's got like these explosive games here and there. So I'm keeping an eye on him in the hopes or or curiosity that maybe he has a strong second half. I'm not, like I said, not picking him up in standard leagues, but 14 teamers. I could see that 10 points, eight boards, one assist, no threes. And also when Trey Young's out, we usually get some more minutes for Brandon Goodwin. He had 20 minutes off the bench for 19, 3 and three and three triples. Other than that, I guess if you are in a deep league and you own Alex Lynn, he had seven and seven with a steal. Alan, you're by far more the expert on your your boys, the Hawks, than I am. So tell me anything that I missed here, or correct anything uh, that I'm wrong on.
1: You weren't wrong on anything, Kurt. You really hit all the the big things here with Teague. He, yeah, I think he's pretty much a drop everywhere. He looked very, he, he's just very passive. It, you know, I heard a lot of gripes from Wolves fans uh, earlier the season about how passive he was, and I got to see it tonight. He really just did not look for his shot at all. But you do appreciate that he did try to get others involved with the eight assists, but that's just not going to get it done in fantasy leagues. Brandon Goodwin's a whole lot of fun. He scored all 19 of his points in the fourth quarter, so he's just kind of a dynamo scorer there's any time if, if I think between those two, he's the guy. Well, no, I'm not going to say that. Teague makes a lot. If Trey's ever out, Teague makes sense for assists. But Brandon Goodwin, if you're in need of points and scoring, he's probably a more logical bet. And I liked what you had to say about Reddish, who does he has gone off here and there over his last handful of ball games over his last two, over the last two weeks. He's been inside the top one ten in non-cat leagues, which is actually a huge huge leap from where he's been on the season. He's been well outside the top 200, unable to get his shot to fall. And it's still not great in that two-week span. He's still shooting 40% from the field, but you're seeing him get more involved in, uh, on the boards. His shot's been falling a little more consistently. And, you know, he might be a guy who slowly ramps himself up. He's got a pretty interesting fantasy game if he can hit shots consistently and not kill your field goal percentage. He's capable of helping you out in the steals department in particular. So I'm keeping an eye on cam. I am. I'm not picking him up anywhere either, but two weeks of near top 100 plays at least worth a side. Eye. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it for that game. We're going to move right along to the Boston Celtics and the Memphis Grizzlies. Boston winning this one, one nineteen to 95 Memphis will start on the Grizzlies side of things. Uh, John Morant was awfully quiet. In 24 minutes, he scored two points, go with five assists in a rebound, and that's about it. Uh, It's a weird set of lines for the Grizzlies tonight. It looked like this one was pretty much a blowout by the time it got to the fourth quarter, so maybe there were some lessons being taught to a lot of the guys, a lot of the starting unit, maybe deferring more with bench guys, but yeah, that's, that's a tough one to swallow if you started Morant tonight. Another tough one to swallow is probably uh, Dylan Brooks, who only saw 19 minutes, one of six from the floor with one three-pointer. Six points and three rebounds, four turnovers, not much else. Jay Crowder also saw low minutes total in this one, 18 minutes, one of eight from the floor, three points, six rebounds, and an assist and a steal. The only two, uh, the two forwards, I guess the power forward and center for this team, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Jonas Valanciunas were able to put some good stuff together. Balanchunas, 16 and 13 double double with an assist, two steals, two blocks, and a three pointer. That's actually a very full nine cat line. No turnovers, by the way. Probably one of the better lines on the night. Jaron Jackson Jr. shot 5 and 15 from the floor with three three pointers. 13 points, five rebounds, an assist, and four block shots. For the bench guys in this one, Solomon Hill, for whatever reason, saw 21 minutes and scored 13 points. Uh, nothing to talk about there. The guy that I'm really, really interested in is D'Anthony Melton, who saw 22 minutes off the bench, shot four or six from the field, had eight points, a rebound, three assists, a steal, and a block. Not a great line tonight, but his minutes have been trending up. And if, you've got, if any of you have been keeping tabs on D'Anthony Melton, you know what kind of a per-minute stud he is. Uh, I, I kind of see him as the guard equivalent to Nerlens Noel in some capacity. He's got a very, very high defensive stat acumen. And I really think that he's a standard league player in 25 minutes a game. And he's inching ever so closer to that threshold. We saw in his last game, he started getting some minutes alongside John ja Morant and Dylan Brooks. I think that was a lineup that had been sparingly used on the season. If he can continue to find minutes with the starting unit, in play anywhere from 23 to 25 minutes a night. I, I don't think I don't see a scenario in which it makes sense to leave him on waivers because he was already bordering top 100 value with just 20 minutes a night. He's very very interesting. I'm keeping all my watch list eyes on him. In fact, I've already added him in a couple of spots. I just want to get in front of the breakout game because it could happen soon. Um, yeah, that's kind of all I have to to say on the Grizzlies. Kurt, what you got?
2: Nothing, man. Just, I'm I'm with you on Melton, and I just uh, wouldn't react or change anything that you're doing with any of these players based off of tonight. Uh, Just kind of got to put this one behind you. Same for uh, some of the Celtics over here. We had uh, Jason Tatum play 26 minutes but come up with a groin injury. Brad Stevens is saying that it didn't look too bad. Still gave you a solid line, though. 23-7-4, two steals, one block, three threes. Hopefully he's all right. Gordon Hayward, 12-3-4, and four, a steal, two threes. Kemba Walker had a really quiet game, eight and four, with two steals, two blocks, two threes. So he had a 2-2-2 two, two, two line there. So at least he, w- he wasn't scoring much, but still providing the other categories. Um, yeah, similar to Memphis, don't overreact here. He came in with some knee soreness. So the fact that he even played that's good. Marcus Smart, 12-6-6, a steal, two threes. Uh, The guy kind of danced around because I think he maybe moves the needle more than anyone from the starters. Daniel Tice, in only 19 minutes, had 14-4, two assists, two steals, three blocks, and the stat that I thought was strange was the three three three-pointers. You don't usually see that from Tice. In fact, he... If you're adding up all of the three-pointers he's taken, you got to go, he had one on the 20th, one on the 16th, and one on the 9th. So you got to go back a total of about eight games to get a total of three three-pointers from him. Uh, anyway, a nine-cat in the last 14 games, so decent sample size. He's number 83. He doesn't jump off the page, but he's got solid percent percentages, almost 10 points, almost six boards, two assists, 1.1 steals, 1.4 blocks. I mean... Those kind of numbers play. He's one of those uh, per minute guys. Um, I would probably, just because of the versatility in his stat set, I'd probably, and the fact that he's starting, I think I would rather own him over Cantor, even though Cantor in the last month isn't bad himself at number 73 in Nine Cat. He's owned in way more leagues. He's at 59% in Yahoo at the time of this recording versus Tice's 17%. So if you need a big. Somebody who's not going to jump off the page but kind of fills a role for you. I think Tice is that guy. Uh, we got word that the Time Lord Robert Williams will be reevaluated February 4th. Not that that really changes things, but once he's back, you got a, a block streamer out there on the waiver wire floating around. Brad Wanamaker, we see him sometimes uh, put up decent 14 16 team value off the bench. 25 minutes, 10 3 and 3, and a steal. Other than that, nothing really changes here for me. Alan, the biggest takeaway, I, you know, is Tice. For me, um, mm-hmm. what's your take on them?
1: Yeah, Tice is kind of the only guy that is pretty who pops off the page here with 19 minutes and that kind of stat line. I, you know, he's definitely been coming on of late, and I, you got to be using him while he's going off like that. But I'm a little unsure if this is just something that's going to be like just a staple for him moving forward. I'm not sure if I believe that he's going to be a consistent source of fancy value tonight's line was fantastic, but you know, I think it's kind of an ebb and flow situation with Cantor. This could be just a a real hot stretch and you know, it remains to be seen with Robert Williams. If when he comes back, if it's going to go back to that three center rotation that Brad Stevens had been rolling with previously, it's a good chance it won't because cancer and Tice have both been playing well, like you mentioned. But I mean, if Robert Williams does get in there and gets 12 minutes a game, that can just mess everything up for everyone. So that's just the only thing worth keeping an eye on with the Celtics. I mean, uh, also, yeah, yeah, that's about it.
2: Yeah. I'm with you, man. He's not, not fantastic, but uh, you know, maybe one of those low end guys.
1: Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead to the Washington wizards and the Miami heat in overtime game in Miami. The Heat won 134 to 129, the wizard side of things. Uh, Bradley Beal went off tonight, 38 points, 16 of 24 shooting, two three-pointers, nine rebounds, and five assists with a steal. It's a sight for sore eyes for his owners. He's been very difficult to own if you drafted him in the first round. I think we've passed the point where we can conceive of him getting back to that first-round value, so you'll just take what you can get with him. He's a tough guy to own and definitely a tough guy to sell. So you just got to write it out. Um, Jan Mahini continues to start. He saw 35 minutes in this one, double-double, 10 points, 10 rebounds, with four assists, a steal, and two blocks. Who knows how long that's going to last? Thomas Bryant figures to eventually get himself back up to playing time, but Jan Mahini, for whatever reason, is just getting a lot of burn in Washington. As I mentioned, Bryant moved to the bench, and he only saw 17 minutes. He scored six points had six rebounds, two assists, and two blocks. I'm of the opinion that, you know, I think that they're taking it easy on the on his on his foot. The stress reaction is not something you want to mess around with. So maybe once he regains some more strength, I'm not sure exactly when, but he should get himself back into the starting lineup, and he's a top 70 player if he sees 28 to 30 minutes a game. Davis Pertance coming off the bench, he's also a guy who's rounding himself into form. He didn't shoot the ball great in – 32 minutes. He shot eight of 18 from the floor, but also had 24 points, had four three pointers, four assists, a steal, and a block and a rebound. So he's a guy who I'm also I'm holding if I have, and there may still be a buy low window on him after tonight's game because the shooting wasn't all that great. But you know he's not been terrific since he's come back from injury. But I do think that he's cemented himself into a role with this team where he can become a top 80, the to top 70 player at least. He's just got the, the three-point the, – the efficiency and the three-point volume, the scoring touch. He, he's a guy that can get you some standard league value. Um, I feel pretty confident in that. The guy I'm not so confident in is Jordan McRae, and I've sort of taken a step back on him. Uh, I've been saying that I'm holding because I'm interested in seeing if he can carve himself out a six-man role, and he is doing that. He he really is becoming a six man type of sorts. He saw 34 minutes with five and 15 from the floor, 14 points, five assists, three rebounds, and a steal with two three pointers. Um, The reason I'm kind of moving off of him is just because you know I was combining the fact that he is this six man type and that he would have some sort of appeal with Bradley Beal off the floor because we we, I think we were anticipating that at some point Bradley Beal is going to get shut down for good and he might take games off here and there in the interim. And we all know what McRae did when Beal was out. He was scoring 20 a game, hitting a ton of threes. He was the leading scorer and t- initiated a lot of offense for this team. But throughout all of that, the eight-game span without Beal, Jordan McRae was only a top 90 player. And that's, like, I mean, that's usable. That's not great. And it's not the kind of guy that you should sit on in anticipation that Beal being moved away will lead you to that version of McRae. A top 90 player is not an appealing stash. And if that's what he's doing without Beal, he's probably not giving you standard league value when he's there. So he's a drop for me. I think I'm pretty done with him in that sense. Um, Let's see. I guess we've talked about the point guards here. Isaiah Thomas in 24 minutes. Didn't play terrible. 14 points, four rebounds, three assists, and a steal with three three three-pointers. But you're not touching that. Ish Smith in 28 minutes. Saw seven points, uh, a rebound, an assist. You are also not touching that. I don't want either of them. And then, yeah, I'll just throw it in there because I love Troy Brown. He saw 20 minutes off the bench, four of eight shooting from the field to go with nine points, four assists, and three rebounds and a steal. But with this team healthy, he does not have any value. So he should stay on the wire as well. Kurt, anything to add?
2: Uh, Only thing, unless I – Unless I, I missed you. Did did you mention Tom Bryan at all? Yeah,
1: yeah, he I saw I talked about having him moving to the bench.
2: Okay. Yeah, sorry about that. I was looking up a stat, so I must have missed that, but No problem. Uh I bet he's kinda of frustrating owners. And you know, a big guy with a recent foot injury is something they don't want to uh take lightly, so they're probably not gonna rush him by any means. So I think he's a... Uh, a nice buy low guy, and you—you you probably said that while <laughs> while I was looking at something on the heat side here. The only thing that I'll be uh, slightly contrarian on, on is Jordan McRae, um, just because of the the usage uh, we saw with Beal out and getting 15 shots off the bench. I—I I don't know. I think, uh, yeah, the top 90s not super exciting, but his his scoring and ability to just—I uh, guess just kind of care for himself, like you said about uh, just going out there and launch as many shots as he can, kind of like <laughs> Reggie Jackson. And that combined with the fact that I'm kind of concerned with Beal, I think he's all right to, to hold on to in standard leagues. Um, maybe not a must-own guy, must guy. You got some of those per-minute studs out there, you know, Christian Woods and uh, De'Anthony, DeAnthony Melton, other guys out there that are better per minute. But just because of the sheer volume, I would keep an eye on him in some places and then I have him in other ones. Um, but that's about it. Other than that, I'm with you on everything. On uh, the Heat side, we had Jimmy Butler return for a pretty solid line here, 24, 7, and 10. No steals, but 16 of 18 from the free throw line. You love it when Jimmy has high volume from the line. Duncan Robinson, he put up a Duncan Robinson line of 13 points and four threes, but only did that in 16 minutes. Uh mainly due to the fact uh, Tyler Hero got really hot off the bench for seven three-pointers, 25 points, three boards, two assists, and a steal. Uh, other starters, Bam was quiet tonight, six and eight, two assists. He had four turnovers. Still played 34 minutes, so nothing to be concerned about there. Kendrick Nunn has has been fine in the last few games, 14 and four and assists, two threes. I think he's a hold. I've been hearing some people advise to drop him. I think he's a hold. Uh, Gives you a pretty solid scoring punch. Other than that, Derek Jones Jr. got 29 minutes, which we like to see from him. But, uh, disappointingly, only had 6 points, 4 boards, and 1 defensive stat. But usually anytime he gets minutes in the the mid to upper 20s, he's going to be giving you a pretty solid stat line. Can't really rely on him in Standard Leagues, more of a 14-teamer. Goran Dragic did his thing, 22-10, and 10, got you a three. And uh, let's see, 29 minutes went to James Johnson, but he's not a Standard Leaguer. Seven points, one board, two blocks, and a three. Kelly Olenek signs a life there, 14-5 and five to assist, a steal, two threes. He's got a fun stat set, but the minutes aren't there. Don't trust him. Uh, obviously interesting that they're listing Dion Waiters on the roster as a DMPCD. Usually you don't even see him listed there, but uh, you're not doing anything there. Other than that, Alan, what's your take on these Heat? Did I miss anything?
1: You didn't miss anything. It was definitely a weird night. Uh, a lot of guys getting more minutes than usual. Some guys getting less. Uh, Duncan Robinson, in particular is an interesting guy who only saw 16 minutes compared to the know, on, on a tear minutes-wise, I think he's been seeing mid, high 30s in each of his last four games. But, you know, he's still got the three-pointers, which is the only reason you own him anyway. So that's all good. Derek Jones Jr., like you said, it is nice to see him get more minutes. unfortunate that he didn't get a lot in them. And, you know, Kelly O'Linick is a guy that continues to be on my watch list in anticipation that he gets moved elsewhere and becomes fantasy-relevant again. So, yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's about it. I have him to eat. All righty. Um, so, let's... Oh, sorry, Yes, got something? Yeah, go ahead. No, no, you said you, uh, you, you had anything to add there?
2: Uh, not on that. I was just gonna jump in real quick and tell the listeners about our partners, mybookie.ag. Uh-huh. You know, they make watching the games more fun, throwing a few bucks on them. Uh... The good thing about them is not only are they our our partners, along with Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, but if you sign up with them today and use the promo code, which has changed now, it's no longer Box Score. It's today. We're using this for all all the pods now. With the same code today, T O D A Y. Again, T O D A Y. And my bookie using that code will give you a fifty percent deposit bonus up to a thousand bucks. So that's pretty solid there. Again. This website is mybookie.ag and the promo code is T-O-D-A-Y and while you're at it if you're looking for some amazing info on all the games on the card uh, before you place your bets at mybookie follow our our new very own betting info Twitter handle at HoopBallGaming at HoopBallGaming all one word. With that Let us move on to a very exciting game in terms of fantasy, the Lakers and the Knicks. Alan, (laughs) which side do you want here? They're both equally exciting.
1: I'll take the Lakers side. All right. With the very exciting two-man fantasy show that they run there, Anthony Davis coming back into form after recovering from the glute injury. He saw 23 minutes in his last one. He played a full load tonight, 30 minutes. 7 of 14 from the floor, 13 of 13 from the free throw line, en route to 28 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal in two blocks of a three-pointer. Uh, that's Anthony Davis, folks. Nothing else to add to that. Uh, LeBron James in 36 minutes had shot 9 of 16 from the floor to go with two three-pointers, uh, scored 21 points, had six rebounds, five assists, and pretty nice five steals, uh, four turnovers as well on the line for that one. Oh, boy. And that's really, that's about it in terms of relevant Lakers in terms of fantasy. I don't think that there's any guys outside those that you want on your team. Maybe if you want to take a gamble on JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard on the night tonight. Dwight Howard, to his credit, he won the center battle. He played 27 minutes, grabbed 12 rebounds and scored five points, blocked three shots and had a steal. Pretty usable stuff there from Dwight, though he did miss three free throws so that does a lot to put a dent in that Kyle Kuzma continues to be a pretty irrelevant fantasy guy, 10 points, seven rebounds and assists, in two blocks on four of 10 shooting. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of it. Anything else that you should, that is worth talking about with the Lakers, Kurt?
2: Nothing, man. It's, I mean, nothing that really changes anyway. So keep doing whatever you're doing with those guys, but not much has changed with them from a fantasy perspective. Hmm. And pretty similar to the Knicks. You know, Julius Randles cooled off after his pretty hot streak in December, 16, 8, and 6. Marcus Morris still doing his thing. Again, he's been kind of a a perennial sell high for for this year anyway, uh, for this basketball season. Alfred Payton, 8, 6, and 9 with a steal, two blocks. Solid line from Payton. Keep doing whatever you're doing with him. If uh, his typical assist and steal specialist Assets help you. Keep doing that. Not interested in Reggie Bullock in standard leagues. We always are watching Mitchell Robinson. Four points, 12 boards, only one block. Did have 24 minutes. I continue to call him the sell low of this, or <laughs> sell low, buy low on this team. Uh, Frank Nelkina, 0 of 8 from the field, 12 minutes. Not a standard league guy. If you're looking for a three-point streamer and all the three-point streamers we mentioned previously, in this pod were taken Makai Luke Ross, uh, forget the other one. If those guys are all gone, then you could maybe look to Damian Dotson, who had 27 minutes for 17 points and five threes. But he was last on my list because it's the Knicks, and we know we can't trust them. Do you have anything on these guys, Alan?
1: Nope, I don't trust the Knicks. The only Nick that. I stick with is Mitchell Robinson, who I have been maintaining for a while was a by low guy. He was playing with a hurt toe, which is noticeably without much fanfare disappeared from the the injury report. He was playing with a a hurt toe on a probable tag for a while and his minutes are coming back up and his production's coming back up. You would have probably want more in the scoring department tonight, but you'll take the 12 boards. You'll take the no free throws because he's not great there. And he did block a shot. So useful stuff out of Mitchell Robinson tonight.
2: I'm with you.
1: Um, on the next game, on the docket, we have the Timberwolves and the Bulls. Chicago winning this one 117 to 110. The Minnesota Timberwolves uh, saw Carl Anthony Towns round himself back into form with a 40-piece. 40, 40 points on 16 of 24 shooting, 4 three-pointers, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, no defensive stats, which would have made this line even better. But, you know, you'll take it. He it was a great game for for Towns in on this one. Another guy who played really well was Andrew Wiggins. He scored 25 points on 10 of 19 shooting, rather efficient, four three pointers, five rebounds, nine assists, and a steal to go with five turnovers. He, uh, yeah, I mean, he looked a lot better in this one than he has in some previous games. So you're very excited to see that if you're an owner, want a little more consistency out of him, which we have not seen since he started the year. Shabazz Napier had his best game since the, the the trade that sent Jeff Teague out of town. He scored 16 points on five of six shooting, two three-pointers, seven rebounds, five assists, and two steals. He's kind of he's still a low-end option for me, really, if I'm in need of assists, some steals and a trickle of three pointers. But if he's capable of games like this here and there, he definitely becomes a more valuable fantasy player. Jarrett Culver really uh just Disappeared. He took one, only took five shots and made one in 25 minutes. Three points, two assists, and a rebound, and a block shot. Uh, it's not been, you know, Culver is definitely a guy who deserves a lot of attention um, because we, we, he's got the tantalizing stat set and he's been he had been coming on up until his last handful of ball games before his last two, which includes tonight. He was 115 in nine category leagues, which was a pretty big deal for him because that means that he was able to finally fix one of his percentages, which he had. He was shooting 47% from the field and uh, 47% from the field on 13 shot attempts and what was I think about 12, maybe an eight, tw- eight, maybe I think, no, sorry. It was like an eight game sample size. He's still a guy with one of those percentages fixed. He's a great fantasy player, but he's pretty hes pretty far from consistent at this point. So I think he's worth the roster spot, but probably at the very end of it. Robert Covington took a step back in this one, only 9.7 rebounds and assists in a block shot to go with a three pointer on four of nine shooting. And uh, Alan Crabb, uh, he continued to say, see a decent role. This was his second game with the club. He saw 20 minutes in this one, two of seven from the floor, five points two rebounds, and a three-pointer. There's nothing really interesting about that other than it's probably coming at the expense of Josh Okogi, who only saw 19 minutes, and has really unfortunately just kind of disappeared from the fantasy landscape after what I was hoping would be a a step forward in year two from him. But I guess the Timberwolves are more interested in Krabs' floor spacing ability. He's owned in 0% of Yahoo leagues, so you guys are all on the same page with me. Uh, There's nothing to do about this one. He's just sort of there. Kurt, what you got?
2: Uh, with you on all of it, man. Um, it, it's hard for anyone to survive when Wiggins and Towns combine for 50% of the team's shots. So the fact that Napier survived kind of stood out to me. He's not going to shoot five or six from the field every night, but you know he was somebody we were watching after that Teague trade. So I think he could be a standard league guy there. Um, that's really about it. Mm-mm. On the Bulls' side... The guy that I'm watching the most is Luke Cornett because his ability to bang down threes and get blocks. He only got 18 minutes tonight, and it wasn't due to foul trouble from what I'm reading. I didn't see this game, but 15-3, and three, two assists, one steal, one block, one three. Not bad in 18 minutes. The concerning thing is that he was uh, benched in the second half for Cristiano Felicio, which, you know, by... A lot of metrics that we're hearing is one of the worst players in the NBA. I don't know what those metrics are, but I know I've heard that stat tat, uh, tossed around a lot. He got 12 and 10 off the bench. Um, little concerning. You'd hope for more minutes for Cornette. Lori Markkinen, 21 and 6, one steal, four three-pointers, took 10 of them. Chris Dunn, 14 and 7, four assists, two steals. He's fine, especially for a steal streamer. Zach Levine has been a monster this year, 25-5, and five, one assist, one block, three three-pointers. In uh, the last 30 days, he's been number 13 on the season, I'm just killing it. In a lot of places, uh, when I got down to the area where Zach Levine was available in drafts, I took Mike Conley in a lot of places, really regretting that. Um, otherwise, sadransky has been really quiet in his last four Two and five with a steal. Only saw 22 minutes. Missed six Mixed six of his field goal shots, so he's definitely trending down. Um, I don't think he's a drop. You want to keep on holding there because of the body of work that he's had throughout the season. Kobe White, not a standard league guy in my opinion. 12 and three, two assists and a three-pointer. Um, Thad Young, you'd hope to see more minutes from him. Unless I'm missing an injury here. Only nineteen minutes for six and five with one steal. Uh especially with with the big guys going down. You'd expect a little more out of Fad, but just didn't happen tonight. Really that's all I have on the Bulls, Alan? What's your take on these guys?
1: Uh yeah. Uh you're definitely on the money back Felicia. He's just He's just not a good player. I don't know the metrics by hand, but I have watched him play before, and he just... <laughs> he looks like he's there because he's a big guy. Um Who knows what... I, I, I'm not going to say... I didn't watch this game, so I don't really know what happened here, but if I, were to be, if I were to bet, I don't see Felicio giving Cornett a run for his money like this on a given night. And honestly, Luke Cornett still had the better fantasy line of the oh, two. For sure. Yeah, so I mean... Yeah, obviously it's not it's it's tenuous. You don't expect that he could get to that level in eighteen minutes. He's you know the fact that he played well despite that still it's like kind of a a relief. But uh, Felicio is just you know he's just not. I I just don't think he's going to get there. But it's Jim Boylan, so who knows? He does not go by conventional coaching uh, strategies. And um, yeah, Satoransky has been a little rough over his last month. He's been uh, outside the top one forty nine category leagues so that's definitely worth monitoring he's still starting and he's still getting you five assists if you own him it's probably for his assist and his ability to chip in some of the other stuff so i guess you just hold and hope that some of that other stuff comes back because his starting role is probably not going anywhere um i guess unless of course kobe white starts coming on a lot but uh, i have not seen a whole lot suggest that his shooting is going to just sort of stabilize, which is what he would need to become uh, uh, the starter for this team. I would assume he would also need to pass a little bit more, which he does not do. So I think that's kind of it for that game. We have four more left to get to. So let's rumble right into them. We have the Denver Nuggets and the Houston Rockets Rockets taking this one, one twenty-one to one Oh five. We'll take a look at the nugget side of things who we learned early in the day that Jamal Murray and Paul Millsap do not have timetables to return. That was sort of what we already knew, but we just got another update from Malone today that he does not really see when they are coming back in the foreseeable future. So it, that means that Jeremy Grant and Ma- Monte Morris are continuing are going to continue starting. Grant, probably among those two is the more interesting guy because of his defense stat acumen to go with three pointers. He shot seven, he, uh, he scored 17 points into 17 shots in this one two three-pointers, three steals, two blocks, seven rebounds, and an assist. He's been a guy who's been pretty good without Millsap. In eight games with Millsap on the sidelines, he's been number 83 in nine category leagues because of those stats that I mentioned before, the defensive stuff. Field goal percentage is solid, and the three-pointers are they are trickling in now. you probably want to see a little bit more of those, but he's definitely worth owning and starting without Millsap. Monte Morris has been a little more rough around the edges. He's not been fantastic filling in for Jamal Murray, but he did play well tonight. 11 points on four, seven shooting, two, three pointers, two rebounds, three assists and three steals. The steals are what really make the line for Morris in this one. You kind of hope that he gets a little more assists going on here, but I think that they're just going to defer to Nikola Jokic and Will Barton for playmaking duties a little more frequently. An unfortunate note in this one is that Michael Porter Jr., who's been electric, white-hot over his last handful of games, was out with a back injury, which is not great. You don't want to hear about any injury that Porter Jr. is dealing with. And I don't – I can't remember if the back injury was something that he had dealt with previously. Kurt, maybe if you had that on hand, you could correct me on that. But it's still iffy. He was ruled – he wasn't on the injury report and just was sort of ruled out I think an hour before tip maybe even 30 minutes before tips. So you got We we'll closely monitor that one. He was really coming on. I liked, I, I, I also like him as a guy potentially in standard leagues. And he can get to 25 minutes a night without Millsap and Murray in the fold. I think that there's some value there. He's just, and he's just supremely talented. And I like talented guys. Nikola Jokic, by the way, should kind of glossed over this one, 19 points, 12 rebounds and 10 assists, a triple double for Jokic, eight of 19 shooting. A steal and a block with six turnovers. Will Barton struggled with his shot, three of 14 from the floor, eight points, six assists, three rebounds, two steals, and a block and two three-pointers. If a few more of those shots go in, this is a pretty decent fantasy line. But, you know, it's not all that great because of the poor shooting. And with Porter Jr. uh, out, uh, this opened up more opportunities for Malik Beasley and P.J. Dozier. We'll start with Dozier, who had 15 points in 7 of 12 shooting, 3 rebounds, and 2 assists. He's just a cool, he's an interesting guy who just dominated the G League for a while. But he probably, it's a pretty tough path to fantasy relevance for him. Also, I think we got word that Gary Harris is coming back soon. I think he was upgraded to questionable for this one. So we'll probably be seeing him in his next couple of ball games should probably take some opportunities, but definitely, definitely take opportunities away from Dozier and probably also Malik Beasley, who in 31 minutes shot 4 of 10 from the field with 12 points, and that's it. He had an assist, too, and a three-pointer and a turnover. <laughs> but this, that's it. That's all that he got from Malik Beasley. He is only interesting to me if he gets traded, and that's barely interesting at that. Um. Now, you know, this is definitely worth mentioning uh, just because it's sort of weird. Torrey Craig in 27 minutes, he started in this one. He scored 14 points with seven rebounds, two steals in two blocks, and a three-pointer. That's beyond the norm for him. Definitely not something to monitor uh, for a continuating performance. He's really just a defensive specialist, but not even really in the statistical department. So he's just not on my radar. Kurt, anything to add for the Nuggets?
2: Only to, to follow up with what you said on Michael Porter Jr., uh, I'm seeing that he tweaked the back in warm-ups, and the good news they're saying with this is it was uh, upper back and not the lower back, which uh, is what kept him out for surgery. So hopefully it's just a limited-time thing. Like you said, he was uh, really coming on. In terms of these other guys, Craig, Morris, Beasley, Dozier, like you said, I I can't... I can't move myself to pick them up in most leagues just because, I don't know. You you don't know which of them is going to get the run. They all kind of survived tonight, but um, unless you're cutting somebody that you won't miss, I don't think any of them are a must-add. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not running to pick any of them up unless uh, Michael Porter Jr. is still out there, but he had so much buzz, he's probably taken everywhere. On the Rockets' side, these guys have become... And at least in my eyes, a three-man team for Standard Leagues. In the last month, the only guys who are even in the top 150 are obviously Westbrook, Capella, and Harden. Daniel House is at 179. Uh, Again, 9-cat Yahoo rankings. Macklemore is at 180. P.J. Tucker is down at 268. Eric Gordon, 281. Um, Anyway, James Harden has been kind of quiet in the last few games. I wonder if... uh, He's starting to tire a bit. That's not usually a word we say about James Harden, but the shooting's been off. Uh, tonight only took 13 shots. Still gave you five a 27-5-5 five with two steals, two threes, and 13-15 from the free throw line. But, uh, yeah, definitely been down. He's had a 13-point game, a 17-point game, a couple under 20s. It seems like he's been quiet. He's actually, according to Yahoo's ranks, uh, stepped aside and let Anthony Davis take over the number one spot on season averages. And over the last month, Harden is number eight. So pretty crazy to say that in that last month, he's averaged 34 points, over seven rebounds, over seven assists, 1.3 steals, 1.3 blocks, and 4.33s. Sounds like ridiculous numbers that you would think is higher than number eight, but 42% from the field, and 83 or sorry 4.3 turnovers has led his ranking to drop so seems crazy to say but if there was ever a time to buy low on James Harden it would be right now what could you give and receive him and anything that's like a plausible offer I think it's probably got to be one of those top five type of players maybe top 10 with uh, probably an additional piece thrown in uh Capella 14 and 11 with five blocks, solid for him. Westbrook led the charge with 25 shots today 28 and 16, eight assists, four steals. PJ Tucker, at least for me, is a drop in standard leagues. Eight and nine, four assists, one steal, two threes. And this actually is uh, one of his better games, at least in my recent memory here. Macklemore only had 18 minutes, so I think he's a drop if you had him. Daniel House, 25 minutes off the bench, very hollow stat line. Again, I, I don't even think he's a 14 or 16 teamer. Eric Gordon, if you need threes, I feel like he gets more hype out of the three point streamers than a lot of the other ones. He had 25 points and six threes tonight, eight of 11 from the field, but that's area that he'll usually destroy you. Um, on the season, he's, or in the last month, sorry, he's shooting 39% from the field. I'd rather have most of the other three point streamers that we've talked about on the pod tonight. And that's all I got on these guys, Alan. Are you are you with me that there's a three-man fantasy team for Standard Leagues? Are you, are you interested in P.J. Tucker or uh, House or anyone else on the team?
1: Oh, yeah. It's definitely a three-man team. I've been pretty high – well, I've been higher on P.J. Tucker than others just because I've seen him do it like the last two to three seasons where he has this – Sort of mid-season slump and then picks things back up and puts it at a top eighty pace, but you cannot justify what he's been doing over the last month outside the top two eighty in nine category leagues, and it's been even worse over the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. So he, he, it's just, it's not the, the barrel keeps getting lower for him, and that's not great. So I, I still, there's, there's something, there's got to be a bounce back for him coming. Maybe, I mean, he is getting older and probably a lot more tired. He's played a ton over the last couple of seasons, so. You you should definitely be monitoring that one from the wire. And I like your take on James Harden. Um, I am curious what a buy low for him would look like because all of his counting stats are all pretty much there. It's all about the horrendous field goal percentage in the turnovers, like you mentioned. Um, Over his last two weeks, the last seven games or so, he's been outside. He's been around a top 70, which is crazy. It's definitely not where you imagine James Harden but he is averaging half points a game, uh, about two point seven three pointers, seven rebounds, six assists. Uh, that stuff is—it's it's not what we're used to with him, but it's enough counting stats there that probably has your typical owner saying, "Well, I'm just—I'm going to hold on a little while longer." Right? I feel like I would. Um, but it's—it's it's definitely interesting if this continues. That by low window probably opens a little wider with each terrible shooting game uh uh that he puts out there that 2 week stand by the way 35% on 20 shots per game that's really brutal to that category i mean almost a guaranteed loss if he's playing 3 to 4 games a week for you yeah. so
2: and it and it would take a lot still cuz like you said uh he's he's done it for so long and just so hot all the time it would take a lot like you maybe uh anthony davis or cap but you know there's probably some argument there with anthony davis by whatever rankings you're looking at pretty close to him or passing him but on the season i I think i'd still rather have harden uh guard stats are real nice um hard harder to find this year so i i would throw any of my those other top five ish type players out there if i had cat if i had ad i i would throw them out there for harden but then again also somewhat depends on your your team makeup you know if you're getting rid of one of your your best bigs, and you're bringing back a guard. If you already have a bunch of guards, you got to look at your team. But
0: yeah, okay. you know, I,
2: I I would take Harden over pretty much anybody.
1: I think I'd take Anthony Davis over him. He'd be the one exception where I wouldn't really even consider it, just because I'm. I think it's more of a preference thing. I just like building fantasy teams around Anthony Davis's stat set, and I feel I feel comfortable that he's going to be fine the rest of the year. I think that the injury prone stuff. While well, it's out there, he definitely can get hit every here and there. I think he's mostly healthy and I'm comfortable
2: riding with him. Yeah, that's, that's definitely fair. And that's probably the one other player where it's like there's uh, some debate on it. But yeah, mm-hmm. other than that, I would float any of those guys out there if you could somehow reel them in. Yeah, I like that.
1: All right, we'll move on to our next game it's the Pacers and the Suns. Indiana takes this one 112 over the Suns, 87. I'll Feet down, really in all intents and purposes start with the the forwards here uh sabonis continues to play pretty well following that knee scare 24 points 13 rebounds four assists in a block shot eight of 11 shooting tj warren also played pretty well this was his return to phoenix so a little bit of a revenge game for tj 25 points on 11 of 18 shooting three rebounds three steals and a block shot uh Malcolm Brogdon left this game with a laceration I'm not I don't, I don't think I caught where that laceration was he was not able to return but it's probably not a thing a, a thing that would keep him out for another game so you don't have to really worry about that if you own him uh T.J. McConnell started in his place and had a big ball game 10 points 11 assists four rebounds three steals and a block shot in 27 minutes very full stat line at of T.J. McConnell it will be short-lived most likely though Miles Turner continues to frustrate his owners, although he did get you what you got him for tonight, four block shots and seven rebounds, but only scored nine points on four of nine shooting with not much else to add to it. And uh, I think the guy that's the most interesting in Indiana, at least from like a fringe waiver wire point of view is Jeremy Lamb, who continues to trend down. This is, I think a third, this is probably his fourth or third pretty bad game in a row. Only 21 minutes on two of nine shooting Three rebounds, two assists, and a steal with four points. And this slump and diminishing playing time could not come at a worse time for Lamb because we are officially T-minus one week away from the return of Victor Oladipo to the lineup. And if there was ever a player for this team that is set to suffer most, it's probably Lamb. I'm personally of the opinion that he's at least worth holding on to for now just to see what his role becomes with Oladipo's back in the fold. Jeremy Lamb has been a top 80-ish kind of player on the season in nine category leagues. And I do think that there is a world where he could, you know, he could maintain something like that. I think he was just passed over tonight because there were hotter hands ahead of him. Um, I-, I imagine that he's going to start hitting a lot of waiver wires. And there is, you know, I-, I think at the end of the day, he's still going to be the team's sixth best player. He's the logical sixth man. And if he's able to continue playing 26 to 27 minutes at night, which is not impossible, there could, be some, there could be something worthwhile there to hold on to. So I think he's a hold, though it's a very iffy kind of hold. Um, Kurt, what's your take on that? How do, you, how do you feel about this Pacers team with Oladipo's return on the, on the horizon?
2: Uh, I've already seen some of those drops for Lamb. Um... Like you said, I, yeah, it, like you said, it's iffy. Um, if there's somebody <clears throat> super hot out there, kind of a must, must grab guy. I understand it, but at the same time, like you said, he's been a top hundred guy on the season. Why not ride it out and see what happens when Depot comes back? You know, maybe maybe he could uh, even thrive in a bench role. You know, they've beaten up on team second units. You never know. Some guys do better there. The my main guy that I'm really trying to target here is Malcolm Brogdon. He is number over the last month, which for Brogdon is only 6 games, but still number 190 in nine cap by Yahoo ranks, shooting a pretty ugly 38% from the field. Also uh like that laceration that he had I'm seeing was to his eye. <clears throat> um, and there's concerns about possibly a concussion. So maybe he goes into concussion protocol and misses a couple games. But one, the fact that in the last month he's he's missed a good amount of time, uh, he, he's down to that super low ranking. In the last two games, he's had five points in each of those games. And when you factor in the fact that Ola is returning, these, it seems like there are a lot of different things for owners to be panicking on for for brogdon so i think he's one of the best by low candidates right now um sure he'll take a ding when Depot comes back um at least somewhat in usage but i I think it'll be more more lamb but i think he's a pretty strong by low What, what do you think about that alan or you think that at all or you think this is more of what we should expect from him
1: yeah, I think this is a decent buy-low here just because 190 is far outside the realm of what Brogdon's capable of. Um, you know, if you're going for him, I'm not expecting the guy that... I'm not expecting some sort of top 50, top 60 sort of player. Uh, I think that he's going to be settling closer to a top 70 sort of range, particularly with Oladipo around, but that's also... You know, it's, kinda, it's it's a gray area because there's just so many parts to this team that we haven't seen coexist with one another yet. But yeah, uh I think that there's probably some fears about the Depot return that probably helped factor into a, a Brogdon by low, especially with the poor play of late. So I'm about it. I think that's a decent move.
2: righty. Um, on the Sun side, like you said, they kind of got stomped tonight on their home court. Uh, they have been playing pretty well. They had a, a solid almost comeback win the other night and yeah, it just wasn't in the cards again for them tonight. Kelly Oubre had an off-shooting night, 5-16, of but 17-9 with a block and a three. He survived. DeAndre Ayton, uh, lackluster, 10-8, no blocks. Ricky Rubio didn't really survive, 7-2-3. and three. Devin Booker, he took a big hit, 16 points, no threes, three assists, one steal. Dario Saric started, but he's not a standard league guy. Uh... For the start, not not much changes on this team, I'll, I'll just say, or at least uh, recent recently nothing's changed a whole lot in terms of fantasy, but over the last month, Devin Booker is number 12 in 9-cat on the strength of 32 points, 4 boards, almost 7 assists, 1.1 steals, 52% from the field, which he's had a great percentages all season, and 93% from the line on a high-volume 9.8 attempts. So... He's been monstrous in the last month. Again, number 12. I really like him to close out the year. I own him in a lot of leagues. I don't think he's a shutdown risk, um, especially if the Suns kind of stay on the bubble of the playoff picture. Uh, So I really like him. And he's, he's just been white hot lately. That being said, I don't think he'll finish the season number 12 where he's been in that last month. So I think he's a solid buy low. Um one of the pairing or solid sell high. One of the pairings that I've been trying to do is to move Booker for Luka Doncic, who has been down in the last month, mainly because all the free throws he's been missing and people are starting to get concerns. You know, it's a long season. Uh he kind of hit the quote unquote rick, rookie wall, if you believe in that, last year, and people were thinking, you know, our percentage is gonna dip back down. So that's one pairing I'm trying to do is to flop, to flip a uh, Devin Booker for Luka Doncic. Hasn't panned out for me so far, but I don't know. We'll keep trying. Um, other than that, Mikael Bridges, 9 points, 6 boards, 2 steals off the bench in 33 minutes. The minutes are the, the key here, but you can't read too much into it because there's a blowout, so you can't expect him to get 33 minutes every night. Um, and other than that, Elliot Cobo had a serviceable line, but you're not doing anything there. Aaron Baines was a DMPCD, unless I'm missing something, uh, that's pretty interesting to not see him play at all. Actually, no, I'm seeing that he, he, he was scheduled to not play tonight because of left hip soreness, but in his last few games, he was at 12 minutes, 15 minutes, 15 minutes. So not enough there, not enough meat on the bone, uh, for standard leaguers. He's a drop. Alan, what's your take on these guys? Would would you be doing anything with Booker? Do you think he's a sell high? Do you like like what he's doing?
1: Yeah, no, I I'm I do like what Booker is doing, and I've I've always kind of appreciated his like surprisingly efficient game for the kind of player that he is. Um I don't know. I, I like your I like your thought process in trying to go after Luka Doncic, who is you know he's he's been slumping in a way that uh, strikes fear in people because the the free throws were so bad for him last year. is kind part of what kept him uh, so low in terms of fantasy value. So yeah, I'm not I'm definitely not opposed to that thought process there. In terms of just what else is going on with the Suns? Yeah, it's blah, not a lot of take from this. Nicole Bridges, yeah, I mean, not a lot to take from this because it was a blowout. McCall Bridges is the guy that I'm most interested in because of the defensive stat acumen. But he's been pretty inconsistent and not easy to use. So that only goes so far. He's more of a watch list guy for me than anything else. Yeah. So let's, we got two more games here, and we'll get to them. This was probably the most anticipated by far tonight. The debut of Zion Williamson, San Antonio versus New Orleans. It was the Spurs who came out on top at the end. 121 Spurs, 117 Pelicans. Kurt, I'll leave you to the fun stuff and I'll deal with the boring side of things. <laughs> the Spurs. Uh, your typical guys went off for this one. Lamarcus Aldridge had a really good ballgame 32 points on 12 of 20 shooting, 14 rebounds, two assists, a steal, and two blocks with one three pointer for Aldridge. DeMar DeRozan continues to stroke the ball well, eight of 16 from the floor, 20 points, five rebounds, an assist, and a steal. Um, DeJounte Murray is actually – this is actually kind of an interesting thing. The the point guard battle continues to be – it appears to be back in San Antonio. Derek White outplayed Murray in this one, at least in terms of minutes. He had 27 compared to Murray's 24. White shot four of nine from the floor, 12 points, four rebounds, seven assists in a steal with one three-pointer. He's coming on. I still like Murray more because he's a better defensive stat player, but this is – More than anything, just a deeply uh, upsetting development if you're a Murray owner, because the last thing you really want is a point guard battle. It was doing things were going well with DeJounte when he was just sort of the go to guy for his to his credit. Murray had uh, 13 points, five rebounds, two assists, and a steal with one three pointer on 5 of 11 shooting. Uh, One guy I continue to keep an eye on is Jakob Pertl. Just because his block rate is crazy high right now, I think it's like we're up to six or maybe seven games in a row with multiple block shots. Really impressive stuff. Even more so that this is coming with very, very limited minutes. He's not seeing more than 20 a game. You know, with Lamarcus Aldridge shooting threes more frequently, I would think that that would open up an avenue to put Pirtle on the floor with him more often because the biggest knock against playing him with Aldridge is that you have no floor spacing. Aldridge isn't the world's greatest three-point shooter, but the fact that he's doing it should, at the very least, open up a little more opportunities for him. But instead, you have Trey Lyle starting and giving you 17 useless minutes a night. Um, If Pertle ever gets himself into a consistent 20-minute role, he becomes a very intriguing block specialist who can help you in field goal percentage and get you some rebounds. Uh, Not much else, but that's still useful stuff, the blocks in particular, which is a category that's pretty rough to come by. So, he's perpetually a watchless guy until something gives in San Antonio. Um, yeah, that's it, man. Uh, what, what's your take on the Spurs?
2: Nothing, nothing, man. Like you said, that point guard <laughs> battle's back, so watching that. Um, but nothing, nothing's changing for me too much in terms of uh, pickups here and, you know, the DeRozan sell high, Aldridge going nuts. But, yeah, not, not much changing for me anyway. So yeah, let's get to the
1: fun stuff here.
2: Alrighty. So, uh, Pelicans, we had the much anticipated return of Zion Williamson return. I guess, a uh, debut. He played 18 minutes. We'll get to him in just a second. Let's get the other guys out of the way. Favors, 23 minutes, 11 and 10. Brandon Ingram still put up 22 shots, which was a big question mark. How many shots he would get? 22 points, three rebounds, two assists, one steal, two threes. Lonzo ball, He did fine, 14, 8, and 12 with three steals, three threes. I think I'm higher on him than most. One, he got 39 minutes tonight, and he's not somebody that needs the ball in his hands a lot, so he doesn't have to really compete with Holiday and Ingram and Zion to give you nice counting stats. And also, I think his rating on player raiders is usually a little misleading because his free throw percentage is so bad, but he only takes like one, one and a half free throws a game um and his field goal percentage again also isn't great but he doesn't shoot a lot so he's i think his his rating is uh kind of deceiving which makes him a a nice guy to try to buy he helps you in those counting stats drew holiday only had 12 2 and 4 with one steal one block one three only took 11 shots from the field so uh definitely a little cooler than his his game the other night where he had seven threes and 36 points obviously he's not going to do that every night Um, off the bench, 16 minutes for Jackson Hayes. I like his game. He's fun to watch, kind of electric out there, but with Favors and Williamson both playing, he's going to be more of a watch list or a deep league stash type of guy. JJ Redick, I think for me, he moves into the cut candidate territory if this team's going to stay healthy, but I mean, that's, that's a question in itself. A lot of these guys are pretty decently injury prone uh he had 10 points and a 3. And if threes are all you got him for and and really that that should be all you're you're hoping for from him, there are other guys out there that might be able to give you more. Josh Hart, 10 points, 5 boards. I don't think he'll be able to hold on to standard league value. Okay. So then we get to Zion. So obviously with this being the most anticipated game of the day, uh maybe of the month or of the year, Everyone was watching Zion so I watched the first half of this game and I gotta tell you he did not look good he did not he had zero of the explosiveness that you saw in the preseason which is to be understandable coming back maybe he wants to take it easy but you know they're not gonna they're not gonna just throw around their prized rookie if he's not a hundred percent healthy so you you knew that coming in that they weren't gonna trot him out there so you would think that he's 100% or at least close to 100%. But in that first half of the game, he did not look good. Uh, in the first three quarters, I'm seeing he only had five points total and then scored something like 17 in a row. So I still have to watch the second half of the game. Um, maybe he just looks looked great in that, that last quarter when he went on a run. But Monster Line, for only playing 18 minutes, they're trotting him out there in four-minute bursts, 22 points, seven boards, three assists and then the interesting thing zero defensive stats but four of four from deep um four triples i think the most he had ever had at duke was three in a game and you know that's not something that we we more anticipate those defensive stats he also had five turnovers which is to be expected um again i'm super excited to watch the second half of this game because maybe he looked completely different then but in the first half he did not he didn't look so great um Owners will probably have to be patient, but I mean, if he only needs 20 minutes to put up lines like this, you're going to be just fine. Uh, Alan, did you see any of this game? What, what's your take on Zion? How, how do you think they're going to treat him? Um, and what's your approach to him? Are you, are you maybe trying to buy him or, I mean, you probably, you probably can't buy him, but what's your take on him?
1: <laughs> yeah. There's a not for sale sign. Yeah, put on his neck definitely. Right now for all fantasy owners. Um, yeah. I, like you, I saw the first happen I was um, you know he didn't do anything it was very slow and I, I think that's what we all expected i while, while you were while you were talking about him well I, was, I, I went and found a video of that seventeen point uh points in a row and yeah there uh, there there's a, it's a mix um it should be noted that he took he made four three pointers in that stretch and the spurs did not defend him at all on any of them they were just they were, you know, they're goading him on. Go ahead, shoot, make our day, see what happens. Hmm. And he he burned them. Um, so you you know it, he did have some some really nice looking stuff in the post. Uh, a couple of good post scores uh, showed off a little bit of that that athleticism. Um, but you know, <laughs> who, I, I don't think we can really say for certain what there is to come from a fantasy perspective. Obviously, Zion's an otherworldly talent and. Uh, I don't think many teams, after watching that little highlight reel there, are going to just let him sit on the three-point line and just shoot all day by himself like the Spurs did. But, you know, uh, it's, yeah, not for sale, I'm assuming. Everyone's just going gaga over this crazy line in 18 minutes. He's going to be a lot of fun to keep track of. I'm looking forward to it. Because of the minutes, though, there's nothing to really say for certain about who's going to lose a lot of their appeal i think like you mentioned very easy guys to rule out are probably your bench uh players josh hart in particular he's going to see probably about half of his shots evaporate he was taking a lot over the last half of the season He was about nine or ten a game that's just not going to last anymore um jj reddick's if he won himself i probably like him a little more than uh, Hart just because he has more utility from a, a real-life game perspective. But, yeah, um, this is a team that we're going to be paying very close attention to moving forward, uh, worth monitoring the the shot attempts of guys like Brandon Ingram and Drew Holiday. I anticipate Ingram's going to continue to shoot a bunch um, favors in his rebounding opportunities is probably another thing worth keeping on. Really, it's just everyone. You don't really know with a talent like Zion – and all these things that they're gonna probably want him to do it's gonna to be tough to peg exactly who stands to lose the most what, what do you think do you think Brandon Ingram is a guy at the very least who should be safe or what do you think about him
2: yeah i I think he's kind of the safest um I don't know he just kind of transformed this year to the guy that you know somewhat just goes out there and gets his uh it seems like it's strange to say now versus the beginning of the year but Drew Holiday is kind of more of a passive guy, so I could I could definitely see him wanting to uh, you know, get mm-hmm. get the youngsters involved here and, and we saw that a little bit tonight, um, obviously just one game, but I think Drew's gonna have less shots. I think Ingram's probably gonna be fine. Uh maybe maybe a few less shots when when Zion's minutes creep up, but that that's kinda how I'm feeling it's gonna play.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. So, yeah, Zion Watch is officially on, guys. It's more than just today. It is going to be a lot. So, keep your eyes on Pelicans' box scores moving forward. And with that, we have one more game to get to. The Utah Jazz smashing the Golden State Warriors with a brick over the head. 129 Jazz, 96 Warriors. Jazz are an interesting team right now because Mike Conley is back in the fold. He's continuing to come off the bench. He had in 19 minutes. He's only scored eight points to go to the rebound and assist and a steal. Uh, he shot. He had 10 shot attempts though, so he's ramping up a little slowly, which is fair. Joe Ingles is the guy that we watch in relation uh, to all of this because you know he sort of steps to the starting role because Conley left it, and he assumed lead playmaking responsibilities, and he did a lot of that tonight. Eight assists, a team high. He had 11 points, two rebounds, and two three pointers in 25 minutes. Not much you can really take from all the starters because they just blew the Warriors out of the water. Rudy Gobert had a a predictably monster monster game. 22 points on 10 of 13 shooting, 15 rebounds, three block shots. You expect that kind of stuff against this weak Warriors front line. And, yeah, I mean, you know, the other guys aren't worth getting into all that much. Donovan Mitchell, 23 points on 8 of 13 shooting with four rebounds and three assists. Uh, Bohan Bogdanovich. 6-14 6-14 of 14 shooting for 18 points, four rebounds, three assists, and a steal. And, yeah, we're just – the only thing you're keeping an eye on with this team moving forward is the conley Ingles battle and how those two are able to play and mesh with one another. Kurt, what are you, what's your thought on that?
2: Right with you, man. No, no new emergences or anything. It's just that battle that you're watching. Um, mm-hmm. If you think Conley is going to be a solid – standard league value this year which I'm not entirely sold on. Uh I mean you can probably buy low on him because people who drafted him like I did at you know their fourth round or fifth round or beyond frustrated. <laughs> I I've, I've actually <clears throat> dropped him in one spot. Um might sound silly to say but I dropped him for Darius Garland in one spot. Um on the Warriors side we had Draymond Green playing I looked his stat up, he hasn't scored in double figures a single time this year. Really? Yeah, pretty nuts. Tonight, five and four, two assists, one steal, one three. I don't think he really cares to be playing right now. He's a super competitive guy, dating all the way back to Michigan State, and you know, knowing that the team really has nothing to play for, you're just not seeing the motivation with him. Over the m- last month, he has been number 106 in 9-cat, and I don't have the number offhand, but I would imagine it's probably worse on the season. Um, but we all knew that we we're that he was uh, somebody that you were definitely trying to move off of. Maybe, maybe he'll try a little harder when Curry's out there, but I'm not holding my breath. Glenn Robinson, eh. Not a standard league guy. Willie Cauley-Stein, only 14 minutes, but that could be due to his four fouls. Damian Lee, somewhat intrigued by him, but he's a little a little up and down. Six points, two boards, four assists, one steal. He's kind of a fringy guy. That I, I could understand old, holding him in standard leagues, um, but he, he's not a must-own guy for me. Marquise Chris, 11-8 and eight, off the bench. He's, he's a trap. Don't fall for it. You know that he's able to put up juicy stat lines in limited minutes, and then he'll vanish for multiple games in a row. Omari Spellman, after a hot streak, I think he's a drop, only 15 minutes off the bench. And Eric Pascal is relegated to the bench with Draymond Green coming back. He somewhat survived 11-4-3. No defensive stats, no threes. But, you know, he's he's excited to get out there and play. He plays with a lot of energy. And anytime Draymond's not out there, he does well. Uh, I believe he's got a streak going of, I want to say like 10 games, 2, three, four, five, six, seven, like 8 or 9 games with double-digit scoring, decent percentages. Um, so in terms of pickups on this team, I like Pascal a little more than the rest, and then it's probably Damian Lee. Uh, Jordan Poole, not interested. Alec Burks, I wouldn't call him a pickup because he's probably owned everywhere. He's been fine don't let this off night deter you he's number 71 in nine cat over the last month um strength of 17 points five boards almost four assists 1.93 so don't panic there uh do his lackluster line tonight alan what i'm I'm just trying to sort the trash that's over here and the golden <coughs> state warriors would you sort this garbage in any different way in terms of pickups
1: Ah. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, for me, I think I'm just staying away from pretty much all the big men: Willie Cauley-Stein, Pascal, uh, Amari Spellman, Chris. They're just—they're all just taking from each other right now. There's no consistency in any of their roles. Pascal seems to be the guy who's getting the most burn right now, but I, I just I feel like his game is just very limited to scoring. There's use for that, sure, but. I don't know. He's just not my favorite fantasy player and I'm a little afraid of the inconsistency. So I'm probably staying away, but I do. I agree with you that at the moment he seems to be the guy who he, he might possess the most upside then the Warriors. I think my, are the most interested in developing him amongst these other guys. And, uh, yeah, I like Damian Lee, although he is probably, you know, th- these blowout scenarios will definitely kind of kick these warriors, uh, to the side a bit. And Lee is definitely a a victim in that. I think we might've seen his high peak on the season. Um, He's probably going to be more of an inconsistent, fringy type of asset than he will be a consistent top 70 player that we saw for him during that pretty nice stretch between the end of December and the early parts of January. So yeah, um, warriors are just a pretty terrible team to have fantasy stock in this year. Uh, Probably among the worst there is. So that's (laughs) probably That's I think that's the only uh, thing I can add to
2: this. Nope. I'm right with you. They, they kind of compete with the Knicks in that
1: regard. Oh yeah. There is the Knicks. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that dumpster fire. Yeah. Uh, and on that very happy note, that concludes our big Wednesday box score breakdown. Kurt, before we sign out here, where can the people hear more from you?
2: Listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Um, If you stayed with us this long, uh, I'll give Alan to think up some kind of code or a word to tweet us to let us know you survived. Um, And you probably hate us a little bit. You can find me on Twitter, at Captain Canegas, Probably listed in the description. Hit us up with your questions. Alan and I are pretty active on there, getting you responses in a pretty timely fashion. Alan, where can you be found? You
1: can find me at my name, at Alan Stroke, A-L-A-N-S-R-O-C-H-I, Yep, like Captain said, we love taking questions on Twitter. And the code word, if you stuck with us to the end, is shoelace. (laughs) Shoelace. So send me and the Captain a tweet. Shoelace, if you listen to the pod, let us know if you like what we're doing here. And we will catch you all next week. Have a great rest of your week, everyone. And happy Zion
2: Day. Happy Zion Day.